Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. How are you? Good, Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Happy for uh, the break in the 90-degree temperatures. Yep. And uh, looking forward to this weekend. You know, it'll be a good one. So, um, and, and I can't believe that, it's June. And oh I didn't God. respond to you, but I see I hear Miss Glover is coming up for the weekend. Yes, she is. She is indeed. Yeah. So uh, well, that'll be thanks. fun. Yeah. So um, there's uh, the boats in the water. Uh, that was a good thing, except we went through great drama trying to get it all figured out because... We couldn't find what what are called the lines, the lines, L-I-N-E-S, which in, in that's in uh, boat vernacular, but in reality, they're the ropes that hold the boat to the dock. And we went through all kinds of craziness. I thought you took them off the boat when you did. No, I thought you put them over there. I looked here. I looked there. I was ready to go and buy new ones. And at one moment towards the end of the weekend, my dear friend David said to me, you know what, I think we might have them at home. And I said, why would you have them at home? And he said, well, at home being outside of Allentown, he said, I think that when the boat went to get winterized and it was docked, at this place where it gets winterized, he said, I think we had my white truck. And I think that we took the lines and put them in the truck. And we haven't opened the truck in that general department since then, which would have been October of last year. He said, don't go and buy any new ones. Let me just see if they're there. So that evening when they got home, he took a picture and sent them to me and said, are these yours? I said, they certainly are. Love so it. 
Yay, but we did kind of a makeshift thing. We found some old lines that we had around and figured it out so that we could get the boat to be at least to the point where it won't be drifting out into the lake. And so we can go back next weekend now and and properly put it together. But other than that, um, nobody we didn't take the boat out that weekend. Uh, I don't know why we didn't, but we didn't. Uh, however, we did spend a lot of time cleaning the boat with vinyl cleaner. And uh, so it's brand spanking new. It looks terrific. Got a, two new bimini tops, they call them, and a new boat cover, thanks to our friends at Progressive Insurance. Because last year, I think it was in the beginning of July, we had a horrible windstorm that literally ripped off everything on the boat i can't even i don't know where they where they ended up i have no idea but somewhere out on the lake and i'm sure at this point if they didn't go below the water they washed ashore somewhere but we got all new ones so it's looking good it's pretty great can't wait to get out on the boat well i explained very kindly to the spiders wari that they are not to be present when you are on the boat. Well, I mean, that was the reason why when we were there this weekend, I didn't even uh, go near the idea of going on the boat. (laughs) No problem. Even though I like boats, I'm afraid of the spiders. Yes, I know. But anyway, well, Lynn, I know I've said this before, but that spider uh, that flew on me was the size of a brooch, a large brooch. (laughs) You're right. Yes, it was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I I have to tell you that I thought of you and the spiders. This uh, past week, I uh, went to an Applebee's in Bethlehem to visit with a client. And I went into the ladies' room. And, of course, I sat down where I'm supposed to sit down. And as I'm sitting there, I see a little tiny spider on the floor. <laughs> but thank God it was not Laurie Cadden's. <laughs> Where was it? On the floor. Walking oh. on the floor. And it's did a little tiny it? one. It was a baby spider, I could tell. So there it was, and I didn't do anything about it. I didn't crush it. I just let it be. And I walked out of there, and it was fine. But I was I... laughing to myself when I was leaving the the ladies' room because I thought of you and I thought that poor sucker wouldn't have had a chance. If you no. <laughs> Sometimes I don't. If they're if they're not anywhere near me and I see them, I just let them be. It's just oh, if they're okay. like near me, near me, and little ones are not, you know. That, but I just, yeah, they just give me the creeps. They just don't. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't like them either. But you know, and and the other thing I don't like. Is bats in my house, which I had this weekend. Oh, yes. Are they still there? No, I don't know. The one we got was gone. But, okay. um, I mean, I just looked up uh, and above my door in my bedroom, and there was this big black blob on my wall. Mm-hmm. I could not believe it. I was like, dear God. And then I remembered. I opened the door down uh, downstairs. We have, I had my gutters cleaned out, and I think that may have roused the nest or bat or whatever, mm-hmm. and it 
I was out that night on my front porch getting mail, and I had my door, the screen door, open with my foot, you know. So mm-hmm. it could have flew right in. I have no idea. But it was that same night, so I'm assuming that's what happened. Okay. Uh, and and who, who got rid of it? Um, Batman Meyer. <laughs> okay. Batman uh, Meyer. There is some guy that lives around here, and they, he calls himself the Batman, and he does. So I'm thinking of having my house checked to see. Yeah. And then I know I have three mighty oaks right around my house, and I know mm-hmm. bats live free. So, you know, there you go. You but probably still. should. You probably should have somebody do I'm, that. Because you do like well, to open your windows, right, at night? Yeah, but they're screens, Lynn. It's, I mean, it's not okay. like I have Marvin, beautiful Marvin windows all screened in. There's not, like that's what Meyer said, it's not that, that's not where it's happening. So <coughs> I kind of think it came in when I, when I was out, had the door open, and I was, there was a ton of mail because I hadn't gotten the mail out in a couple days, and, and I just, it was just, I was trying to get it all out. I, so I had that door open for a couple minutes. Okay. So, could have happened. I don't know. But anyway, so yes. Uh huh. There you go. So did, that was my surprise. You're going to see Stomp this week, right? No. It, it, it is this week. It. It's already, yeah, it's already over. Now yeah. that you're listening, it's over. Yes. But that was uh, last night, wasn't it? I did not go. We did not go. Oh. Okay. Yeah, we, okay. we ended up not. And they, you that's know, it wasn't a great. Now they they had about nine hundred people, and that seems to be the ne- the same for the next. The problem is that this was pushed back for a month because we usually we do not have plays in the summer because nobody really wants to be in a theater on a beautiful night to possibly be outside. Um, you know, we're usually done, but because of COVID and the changes and stuff, we had to push into the uh, beginning of June. So this is the last performance of the season until October. So okay. That's good. Yeah. I was and thinking pretty, about... Go ahead. No, pretty soon we'll know the season. We don't know it yet. The, the list. Oh, yeah. Yep. When does that uh, get decided? That should have been known a couple months by now, but again, with all the situation and you know some places not touring and COVID issue, it, it's it's a little slower than usual. But we should know in the next couple of weeks, I hope. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I question for you. I was reading something before about um, an article that a woman posted who is um, baby boomer woman and. I read her stuff every now and then because it's interesting for me to go back and think about some of this stuff. And I don't know that this was the case with your mother because I would not have had any way of knowing it. But I, I'm just curious, did your mother or grandmother, maybe, ever wear house dresses? <laughs> did they? No. My no, gram? I, I don't know what, what, what is a house dress? Well, it's like a kind of a thing that I was thinking about. How would I describe it? It was a dress that had a waist, but it usually was uh, something that had a floral print 
to it or some kind of print. And it was fitted and um, it was just, uh, maybe it wasn't, it didn't have a waist. A lot of times they didn't. Um, but they were kind of like a smock or something like that that they wore all the time. And it was just, they had favorites, which they rotated. You know, this one got dirty, you threw that in the wash, and then you had another one. But they they were all kind of the same design. And they were airy, and they were uh, loose and not fitted. But, you know, I could I could still see my grandmother with that. My mother, I don't think she wore them. I think my mom, as I remember back in that time, that she usually wore pants, you know, and they were elastic tops and just kind of pants. Uh, the kind of things that you get, I think the catalog is called Blair and um, Hay, Hay Band was the, was the uh, complimentary one for men. But they they were just very non-conforming, boring kind of things. And they no. wore them all the time. And it's because they did a lot of physical things that we don't do anymore. You know, they physically cleaned the house down on their hands and knees. And they were cleaning the toilets. And they were cleaning the bathrooms. And they were doing the wash. And they were hanging them outside to dry. And they, they did a lot of physical things that we don't do anymore. So there's no need. I mean, I can't even tell you the last time I saw somebody with an apron on that wasn't a chef in the kitchen. But my mom always had an apron on when she was in the kitchen. And it's just the way it was because you always got dirty and there was always stuff to do. So I, I was just curious to know if you remembered that, if your mother or your no. grandmother. Now, did they wear aprons? My mother would wear an apron, not the fr- the ruffly ones that were years ago, but like a pretty apron she may put on every now and then that she would pick up that matched something, you know, like maybe an April Cornell or some pretty patterned yeah. one she'd throw on if she was doing something at a holiday or whatever. But no, my mother did not, and my mother never wore a house. My mother, uh, as you know, the old line of her funeral, she was always, you know, beautifully dressed. So she really... Yeah. Ever that grandmother wore a lot of those snap-up, uh, seersuckery night like robes. Yeah, yes, yeah. The, the, the sleeveless shirt on a tank under it, and the robe matched. And my grandmother would hang out a lot. In that I mean, I hang out in my robe and and nighty as well because I love it. Um, matter of fact, I, if I don't go anywhere in my house and and I, I'm just in for the night, even if it's in the summer, whatever. I will, you know, take my shower and do my thing and put on a, a new um, one of my nighties and my pretty robe and hang out in that because they're pretty. They're like, they look like a cotton dress. So, you uh-huh. know, it's not like, it's not, it's not on a track. It's actually quite pretty and I feel they're very comfortable. So I do that a lot. You know, I think about that as a concept that I remember as kids. The deal was you you had dinner, um, you took your bath or you did whatever that was, and you had to put your pajamas on before you went to bed. So there was a point in time during the evening when you changed out of your day clothes, so to speak, and into your jammies. And I thought about that, that I don't do that. I mean, I wear my clothes right to the point where I'm getting ready for bed, and that's it. 
And no, then I came in the... And it's just funny. It's just a habit that I think about. We were raised that way, but I just never do it. My sister does. You know, she'll get changed in her jammies and whatever, but I yep. never have. Yeah. I anyway, we have to take a break. And we will be right back listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show. Hi, this is Nancy Kamen from WILK's Morning News, and I know Laurie Cadden. A lot of people know Laurie Cadden. And more importantly, Laurie Cadden knows a lot of people. Laurie Cadden Enterprises specializes in fundraising, public relations, and special events. Laurie Cadden can take your business or organization to the next level. This isn't something that you learn about in a book. Heck, it can't even be taught. Laurie Cadden lives it. She knows how to work a crowd, open doors, and build and nurture relationships. With Laurie Cadden Enterprises, you get, ta-da, Laurie Cadden and her 20-plus years of experience. Call Laurie today at 357-8399, 357-8399, or email Laurie, Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at lauriecadden.com l-a-u-r-i-e-c-a-d-d-e-n.com laurie cadden enterprises because it is who you know i'm dr nicole denova since vrec opened its doors in 2010 we've treated over 30,000 patients including the puppy whose curiosity led him to a porcupine and the police canine who was just doing his job vrec is located at 318 northern boulevard in clark summit and is open 24 7 for your pet peace of mind to learn more about us visit vrecpa.com or call 570-587-7777 ERA, Exceptional Real Estate Agents. When you want to have the best of the best selling your home, you want ERA One Source Realty. With offices all over northeastern Pennsylvania, ERA One Source Realty will give you the personalized service you'd expect from a professional real estate company. They have experienced realtors that have years of experience, which gives you, the home seller, an incredible advantage. They will offer suggestions to make your house sell faster. They will tell you what others will be looking for. They know how to present your home and sell its features, giving you the greatest chance to have your house sell fast. And ERA One Source Realty offers an industry-exclusive guarantee. If ERA doesn't sell your house, ERA will buy it. Yes, if they don't sell your house, ERA will buy it. That's peace of mind. That's a guarantee worth its weight in gold. Call ERA One Source Realty today and find out how you can have your house marketed by one of the top-rated companies in northeastern Pennsylvania. Call 877-587-SELL or on the web at ERA1.com. ERA One Source Realty, always there for you. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. Well, we're back. You're listening to the Lori and Lynn Show, and my name is Lynn Evans. I am a certified financial planner and managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. So I'm thinking that I want to I want to do this one because this is funny. Um, the Ethel, we've talked about that. It's a, yep. Yep. Uh, you know from the AARP, and this one is uh, at the age of 69. Here comes the bride again, and the subtitle is "How to Navigate Nuptials Later in Life." There's a wonderful picture of this woman when she went to her prom, 
And the fact that she then married, second time, her high school prom date. So she was 69, and this is so, so familiar to me because this is how my mother and her second husband knew each other. They, didn't, they weren't prom dates, per se, but they knew each other and dated each other in high school. And then they got back together after both of their spouses passed. Oh, so, my God. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I have some relationship to this. I understand it, but this is a very interesting perspective on it. And this woman said, when I announced I was remarrying at age 69 and to my high school prom date, people were both stunned and charmed by our story. But no one was more astonished than me that I was altar-bound again so late in life. However, love makes you believe anything is possible. After a first love rediscovered after decades apart can have you feeling 17 again. I, I needed that teenage energy to navigate a far different marriage industry than we faced the first time around when we had a church ceremony and a simple town hall lunch of quiche and salad in 1979. Whether it's s'mores instead of cake or exchanging vows and jeans and barefoot on the beach, older couples are custom designing their celebrations in once unimaginable ways. One friend recently attended a ceremony where the bride, 63, while making her grand entrance, sang a love song to her groom, age 67, in a perfect soprano. What happened? Things? Yeah, planning a wedding takes a lot of time and money. And she said, when we went small with 60 guests and got married in the garden of the hotel in New Hampshire, where our high school senior banquet was held. And we um, went elegant. Isn't that cute? And we went elegant. After decades of successful professional lives, we happily paid for a sit-down dinner of a choice between lobster tails or mushroom ravioli. Our wedding cake was tears of red velvet and ginger lemon with buttercream frosting dusting with roses. And our guests were in our demographic, which created unexpected advantages a lower bar bill than for a younger crowd. They didn't mind an early event, and everyone left on time. For us, that means a 3.30 p.m. start and hugging our last guest goodbye shortly after 9. She said, um, this one I thought was really cool. Uh, this time I had the benefit of fashion advice from my sons, age 32 and 36, who deemed my favorite colors of black and navy blue too somber. This further restricted my dress options, already narrowed for a desire for sleeves to camouflage jiggly arms, a hemline to conceal varicose veins, and a neckline <laughs> that didn't display too much mature skin. The dress, um, she said she went someplace and, and didn't find anything, but that, she said, most department stores formal wear inventory was online so gowns were arriving almost daily and returned just as frequently that is until i found the dress which was ocean blue my fiance selected his suit within five minutes his biggest challenge was acquiring the right shirt for the monogrammed cufflinks i gifted him 
at high school graduation, which I think is really cute. We agreed that a longtime friend would officiate our civil ceremony, attended by my betrothed 91-year-old father, my 90-year-old mother, our five siblings, their families, and our longtime friends. But we faced more decisions, including attendance. We walked in together holding hands, accompanied by the song, The Arrival of the Queen of Sheba. <laughs> Not having a wedding party, avoided a rehearsal and their expenses. Vows, we opted for traditional, but our officiant asked us to do, address each other. Our heartfelt, eloquent words were missed by most guests because ocean winds overpowered the microphones. That wasn't the problem at the ballroom reception where we and five other people gave toasts. Mine noted that older couples faced distinct challenges, such as calling your partner neurotic and him responding with a huge smile and say, you think I'm erotic? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Okay, invitation. Right. And she's, she said, as longtime environmentalists, we chose electronic. Email invites save trees, cost far less, and offer numerous templates. That platform made checking RSVPs, food choices, and updates easy. Traditions, I doubt my marriage is doomed for not wearing a garter or something borrowed. And with plenty of stuff we both accumulated over the decades, we opted out of the gift registry. I wanted a first dance, alone on the floor, to Etta James's at last. My groom cringed at having an audience, so we instructed the DJ to urge guests to join us after a few bars of music. Surprises? She said, I panicked when the catering manager asked days before the wedding if whether we were providing bathroom baskets with items like tampons, she said, unlikely with our crowd, deodorant, and even razors. I passed. Really? People can't shave at home? The biggest shock? The bridal suite had a view of the roof. <laughs> the bridal suite had a view of the roof. So I asked to be moved to an oceanside room. I didn't know that would mean spending our wedding night across the hall from my son and his wife. At the moment of discovery, he and I exchanged a, we will never speak of this again look. I suspect that wasn't the only thing we were quiet about. <laughs> that is such a great article. I love it. That's funny. Were you going to say something in there about traditions or something? No, I was just, I think the reason they put shaving things in is not for women, but men, if they get the, the old 5 o'clock shadow, they could shave again. I think that's what yeah. it is. But, yeah. I mean, that's, you know. Well, I think that was funny with the tampons. <laughs> I just so that's great. <laughs> oh, that I mean, good. I wonder why she got married again. I don't know. She didn't say that. Didn't say it. I don't know if it was more of a romantic thing, you know. Uh, well, my mom, when she remarried, was uh, fifty-eight or something, so it wasn't the same as this at sixty-nine. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I wondered the same thing as I was reading it. Why? I guess there are people that just believe very strongly that if you 
and you don't live together or something. I, I'm not sure. But uh, clearly there was there was something to that that we don't know, but whatever. Well, Lynn, how old were you when you married Pat? I was 48. And did you ever consider not marrying him? Um, yeah, like, but not necessarily that- for the reasons that most people, like, it wasn't that I had any concerns about living together, because we actually had been living together for six years. I mean, in the sense that he lived in New York and I lived here. So we would just see each other on weekends. You know, it right. wasn't it wasn't living together, living together. But um, no, I think for me the issues were had nothing to do with the traditional sense of you know you don't want to live together. It's a religious thing or whatever. We had none of that. I think my concerns were more about um, his ex-wife and the trouble that she liked to make for people and for him. And, um, you know, that was, that was more of it than anything else. But we got that all straightened out with prenuptial agreements, blah, blah, blah. So, um, I was comfortable with it. And I think that my mom had a, it had a great deal to do with her and her concerns that she wanted all three of her children to be married and, and settled, you know, and I said, yeah, well, I'm certainly not going to have any kids at 48, so it wasn't right. about that. But I just thought, well, I'll try it, see what the deal is. And so, 21 years later, we are still together. Yeah, so. which is wonderful. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, it's a good thing. I think I so. Um, I think I it's, it's, it's a hell of a lot better for him than it is for me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but that's, oh that's, that's a health issue. You know, we can't we can't really know well, that. He's, lot, he's also a lot older. He's nine years older than me. Yeah, that's a lot. You, my yeah, father was I nine guess. years older than my mother too. So was he? And my my father was yes nine, and and Meyer's eleven years older than me. It's a lot. It's a big difference. Yeah, it is. You know. It's nice, but it's a big difference. That's all. That's all I'm saying. So, I hear you. Yeah. Yep. And my sister, my brother-in-law, Ed, he was 19 years older than my sister. He was? Yeah. Wow. Almost to the day. Their birthdays are a day apart. Wow. Yeah. God rest his soul. Oh. He was the best guy. Yeah. God love him. He was a good man. He really was. He was a gem of a guy i used to he told he used to tell barbara you know the you know the reason i married you don't you barb and she'd say yep and he said just so you remember because i wanted laurie to be my sister-in-law oh (laughs) yeah he would say that all the time that was the best line the best line. i never heard that oh yeah (laughs) And on that note we're going to take a quick break and we will be back with our guest expert of the week Leah Jenakopoulos, who's a realtor with one uh, ERA, One Source Realty. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Laurie and Lynn Show.
Hi, my name is Lynn S. Evans, CFP, co-host of The Laurie and Lynn Show. I am the managing director of a new business, Women of Substance, LLC, a financial planning firm dedicated to the specific financial needs of baby boomer women. I help them navigate through widowhood, retirement, divorce, and job loss. Send me an email at lynn at lynnsevans.com and let me know how I can help you. I'm also the host of a podcast, Power of the Purse, available on more than 30 sites, including iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. We record these lively conversations with women who've been there and have great advice to give others so they don't go down the same dark holes. And we feature some experts who share some great ideas to be prepared before you have to face these transitions. And we have a whole lot of fun. Please don't let the fear of not knowing about personal finances stop you anymore. I am here to take the confusion and mystery out of money. Go to my website, lynnsevans.com, and see how we can set up a time to talk or browse around the many blogs and other free info on the site. Remember, money's not the enemy. Your ignorance of it is. The well-established and highly respected Northeastern Pennsylvania certified public accounting firm, Michael A. Barbetti, LLC, is making changes after almost 40 years in business. The firm name has changed and is now Barbetti McHale, LLC, CPA, reflecting the addition of Michael F. McHale as partner in the longstanding firm. Although the name and partnership are a significant change, the staff won't change. Their Dunmore location won't change. The way they serve clients won't change. Their work ethic won't change. And Michael Barbetti's involvement won't change. The Barbetti-McHale partnership adds Mike McHale's three decades of experience in corporate and not-for-profit accounting for the clients of the regional firm. Barbetti-McHale LLC certified public accountants provides professional accounting and tax services to all types of clients, ranging from individuals and family-owned businesses to governmental agencies and non-profit organizations. Call Barbetti-McHale CPAs at their Dunmore office, and you too can make a change for the better. Business Banking at Fidelity. We have a great relationship with Fidelity. They're like family with us. They're right next door to my business. If there's ever a problem, just one phone call, I don't even have to go to them. They come to me. It's great. I love being in the business. This was meant for me. We're very busy. I'm running every day, and I love to stay busy. So that's why I need a bank that's going to be there for me when I need them. Back in 2006, we were having a problem with our lease in our other building. We were looking for a place to go. We stumbled upon this this location. It's right in the heart of downtown, right in the, the middle of the city, and it happened to be right next to Fidelity Bank. They went out of their way for us to get this building. It was wonderful, and it's been a great relationship ever since. I have a business line of credit with Fidelity that gives me buying power. My credit card machine runs through Fidelity. My checking account, uh, my payroll taxes, they take care of it all for me. I bank with Fidelity. Don't you? Member FDIC. Here's Lori and Lynn. Hi, we're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am Managing Director and Certified Financial Planner with Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm that's uh, devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And with us today is the lovely Leah Ginnacopoulos, who is a realtor with ERA One Source Realty. ERA has... I think six or seven offices, Leah, correct me if I'm wrong, 10 counties, about 100 agents, um, and going strong and very busy. So welcome, Leah. Hi. Thanks. So I figured, you know, 
it'd be a good topic for the obvious, which we've already talked about the interest rates going up. And we knew they were never going to last at that low rate, half and three and all that. But obviously, first thing that comes to mind is everyone seeing the interest rates creep back up. And like I said on our last conversation, when they're creeping back up, they're creeping, creeping back up to what once was and what was the norm, I guess you should say. And I always go back to when I bought my first property back in 2017, and I can guarantee you it was not at a 2.5 or even in the three. (laughs) So at that point, it brings me to, you know, I do know a couple weeks ago I closed on a property and my person got a four and a half interest rate at a 15-year mortgage. I mean, granted it was 15 years, but I didn't think four and a half percent was bad. However, the common question that we're getting now is are we going back to the risky lending habits and the borrowing options that led us to the big housing crash almost 15 years ago short and sweet answer is no and why Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of reasons that we can ease those concerns because so now like there's an association that's called the Mortgage Bankers Association, and they have to always, always give out, it's called an index titled the Mortgage Credit Availability. So that's like a standardized index that they have to look at and, you know, go over and make sure that it indicates the availability of mortgage credit and what's going on in that point of time. So with that being one of the determinations of how easy it is to get a mortgage, the higher the index, the more available mortgage, the more available mortgage credit becomes. But that's also still letting the lending standards still be in control, which is good because when you go back and if you were to ever look at a chart and you can Google any of those charts and you can look back to June of 2004, you know, and they were all the way up to the index, which was at a nine, it started at a 400, shot up to a 900 back in 2008, which hence the crash happened. And then it leveled back out in 2010, back down to a hundred. And it peaked in 2020 at 200, which is still nothing. And it's now right now, if you look at the mortgage index, it's at 121.1. So that's, really, really good. That's, you know, exactly where we want to be. So as, and that was of April of 2022. So with the index so being at that. Leah. Yeah. Leah. So the, just for point of reference, the higher that number is, the more risky the environment is for yeah. mortgages or the lower the number? No, no, no. You want it to be low. The higher the okay. you're Right. Okay. So, I just I, I wanted to clear that up because that's not I didn't hear it right. So I just wanted to make sure I understood what you were saying. Right. So that's okay. usually one of the that's an indicator which tells us you know where we are and where we're going. It's never ever gotten past that crazy boom of over four hundred like it did between two thousand six, mm-hmm. seven, and eight. So also the other thing is they've also tightened up the lending scores, FICO. You cannot have a score under 620 and get a mortgage right now. So the lending wow. standards have completely tightened up, which, you know, obviously sometimes that is if you're, especially if you're on the cusp, if you're in that low six and you need that 620, I, I totally understand it's so, you know, frustrating, but I also think it's really good for, you know, tightening up the lending standards and having it 
you know, it lets it be in control. So that's also another thing that's, you know, helped with everything. So in 2006, the buyers with the score of 620, under 620, there was over $376 billion given in loans. In 2021, there was only $80 billion with anyone that had a 620 given out in loans, which that's a significant difference. So. Yeah. In 2006, the lending standards were so much more relaxed, and there wasn't a lot of evaluation that was going on. So people's main concern right now is, oh, my gosh, the interest rates are back to where they were in 2006 and seven. Are they? Yeah. Yeah, they are exactly around that high five, low six mark, and that's exactly where they were in 2006 and 2007. But the common denominators that led to 2008, were they're not even close, which is nice. So. They're, they're two different housing markets from what once was and what is today. So they're not even, they're not even the same because the lending standards are completely tightened up and the risk is completely where it's reduced for both buyers and lenders, but it's also a very different housing market. So I think that's been helping to put a lot of people's mind at ease. And the foreclosure rate is still low, which is good, too. So I also think that's something that, you know, when you're out there shopping, too, that it's something to keep in mind that it's, we're, not, we're not heading towards 2008, which is really good. And it's not, it's, it's still a great time to buy, yes. Is the interest rates up? Yes. Are, it's still crazy out there? Yes. Do I think our demand is ever going to get caught up recently? No, I think we're eventually going to get caught up. Do I think it's going to happen this summer, this fall? No. Do we still need listings? Yes. So the mm. end of it is home ownership is still one of the best things you could do. And it's actually National Home Ownership Month. June is, oh. the, is home ownership month. Yeah. So hmm. it, owning a home is very impactful. It's, it's an investment. It's a stake in the community. And, you know, rents are still going up. Rents aren't, they don't go off of the market. They don't go off of interest rates. So, you know, what we're used to seeing one bedroom back, what were 550 and 600 are now a minimum of 800. So, you know, at that, you can have a house, a whole house. Well, yeah. Leah, did you, you know, just in the paper, just in the paper yesterday, that new uh, rooftop, Bar and on the old Oppenheim's building that they're Oppenheim building that they're putting in. They said two bedroom apartments. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I thought it said like up to twenty nine hundred dollars for a two bedroom apartment. Wow. Oh, you're you're getting. I mean, come on, one bedroom downtown for fourteen hundred now. One bedroom. I know. Oh, you're I know. Six. You could have a house for that. So, as much as I could say, are the interest rates going up? Yeah, but the bottom line is. It's still cheaper to own than it is to rent. It's a it's an investment. You have something to show for it. It's something in your name. It's a stake in the community. And like we've talked in previous conversations, it's something that you have that you know for the next 30 years, my payment is going to be this. It's never going to go up, say, 20%. You know, I had a client that we just put them in their first house. They were both first-time home buyers, And... They had to sign a lease for every two years because that would lock them into whatever that two-year rate was. So say it was $800, that would at least lock them in for two years for them to sign. If they would only do a 1%, their rent went up 24% every year. So, wow. if you you know, that's from $800 to 824 to 856 to 9 something. So think about it. Like, you know, that's 
and that's also too. That's hard to commit to somewhere for two years. Leah, you said something about um, they were both first-time home buyers. Isn't that a part of the the issue for people who rent? Is they can't come up with the down payment, but there are so many programs that are out there for first-time home buyers. Can you talk about that for a minute? Well, there is. There's a ton of different programs for first-time home buyers. There's different loans you can do. There's programs of um, as small as three and a half percent down. You don't have to do the traditional twenty percent down anymore. There is definitely ways around that. Also, if you're looking to buy in Scranton, Scranton offers a wonderful, um, yep. a wonderful program called Scranton Neighborhood Works, and I think that's a great program for first-time home buyers or anyone that's trying to have you know the American dream of owning their own home. So it's something that you can get involved in as well. There's a class you have to take, but they also do help with your closing costs. So, and it, it's putting you in a house. It's giving you ownership. It's giving you, you know, it, that emotional connection to a place where you live. So there's just so much to say about owning a home versus renting, no matter what. Do I think some people have, and we've talked about this too in the past, obviously, some people have to rent. They're always on the go. They're moving their jobs, whatever. And that's obviously totally fine. But if you're in a position where you could buy or you're you're not sure if you could buy, I there's no harm in picking up the phone and calling any realtor here at ERA, One Source Realty. We can give you, like, what your next steps are. Now, you know, I'm working with someone right now that called me a couple weeks ago. They really want to buy. They have a lease until six months, till December, but... I got them moving in the right direction, and it's a good thing they did call, and they didn't call me in December because I spoke with the lender, and he goes, they need six more months to get situated. He's like, they need the rest of their lease to get situated because they just started a new job. I need to see at least a couple more months of pay stubs. I need to see, you know, X, Y, and Z. So, you know, not every time you call are we expecting that we're going to take you right out the next day and show you a house. We might have to get you acclimated to a lender or a program or something like that. So there's no harm in calling us, and it's completely free. And maybe you just need a consultation or more information because you need to know what direction you want to go in. So, like I said, I'm happy that this guy did call, and he does need the six months left of his lease because his panic was, what if I find something and I need to get out? Well, good thing we did call and we got everything situated because that's not necessarily the problem right now Mm -hmm. your problem is we need to get you situated over the next six months so there's everyone's situation is different and i think it's just always good to reach out and see where and what direction you're going in leah is the market still as hot as it was in downtown scranton for uh, not apartments, but for owning condos and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely still busy. It's not the multiple bid situation we were seeing, but it, it's yeah. definitely still there. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Scranton is still selling, and I don't, I, and I mean, this is obviously just me personally saying this, I don't foresee Scranton going back to the old way of, trying to sell Scranton because there's just so much that have that has come to this downtown area into the Scranton area and there's more jobs and there's more stability now in Scranton. So I think too like that's something else that like I know a lot of people have that fear of, oh no, like are we gonna be stuck like we were, you know, in oh my god, if I don't sell now, am I gonna is it gonna be how it used mm-hmm. to be? I don't I don't think you're gonna see that. But you know, every 
who knows? You know, you don't know, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. I mean, I can't predict the future. I wish I could. But for right now, I don't think we're ever going to have a problem like we did. Okay. Great. Well, Leah, how can anyone get in touch with you if they'd like to make that call? As you just said, give them a call. You can see. Just talk. Talk it out. See if it's, you think it's something you can do. How do they get in touch? They can personally reach me at 570-947-9250, or you can call our office at 570-587-9999. We're on all forms of social media, either under ERA, the number one, ERA, one source reality, or ERA, one. And you can reach any of us at any of our offices, and all of our information is online at ERA, the number one.com. There we go. Well, thank you, Leah. We will um, see everybody else next uh, next week. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Be safe and please be nice. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.